When Erica was a kid, her mom and dad split up. And as a way to deal with some of the sadness and the confusion, Erica put pen to paper. And she wrote a rap song. My dad is dumb because he's moving on. He said he don't love our mom. Then poof, he was gone. I hope my dad don't break another heart. Boy, my dad's up to a real bad start. My mom is crying, my sister too. I'm sitting there, don't know what to do. Should I cry? Should I laugh? With them both crying beside me, I feel as small as an ant, as an ant, as an ant. That's Erica with a rap song she wrote about the night her dad left. For the record, they have a great relationship today. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. How are you doing? It is very, very nice to see you. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Toronto, we have fake skinny dipping, a fairy tale mashup, and what it's like to miss the Avril Lavigne concert. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and by looking back, this stuff can sometimes help us understand who we are today. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. Here's today's STEM tip. Don't throw out that old plastic bottle. Repurpose it by turning it into an awesome terrarium. Just fill it with sand, pebbles, soil, and your favorite plant. It'll grow sealed right in its own ecosystem. Learn more at SheCanSTEM. A message from the Ad Council. A minute ago, we heard from Erica. She's the one who took her confused childhood feelings about her parents' breakup and put them into a rap song. But the song wasn't the only thing Erica brought to our Toronto show. She also brought along some teenage writing all about oral hygiene. This is a rant that I wrote when I was 15, and my mom said, you know, you should really floss your teeth more. And I was like, do you know all the things I have to do? So I wrote this down. (laughs) I, Erica, must complete the duties set before my generation. As a woman, I must be strong and invincible and work twice as hard to be superior to men. I must keep up with my grades so that I will have no social life, but a great job that you old fogies can brag about. I must save humanity by finding a cure for cancer and AIDS. I must cease all wars that you have created and potentially endanger my own in the process. I must stop the racism you've created and save the dear animals you've left homeless. I must find a way to stop pollution and save the ozone. And oh yes, keep good care of my teeth. Before I go to bed at night. So don't worry, you old society you. Put your feet up and take a rest now. Don't worry, we, the Generation X, will mend all the problems you've put to task. By me, Erica Webb, and I distinctly remember walking away and being like, no, it needs one more line, and I wrote this. A member of the pissed-off Generation X. Thank you. (laughs) 
Our next reader, Rachel, read a few entries from her very first journal, which she kept for two years starting when she was 11. And when she signed up to read at our show, Rachel described these entries as raw, honest, and unintentionally funny. A quick heads up, Rachel's journal does acknowledge the existence of sex. June 1st, 1999. Today I won third place in standing long jump. But anyways, me, Lauren, Becky, and possibly others made up this plan. See, Lauren's having this summer party. She's inviting some girls and some guys. The girls, us, know the plan. Lauren told all the guys we would be going skinny dipping, but we're really going to wear one bathing suit, go in the water, pretend to take it off, but really have another one on, (laughs) and throw the extra one away. They'll take off theirs, and we'll jump out and throw theirs away. Great plan, is it not? (laughs) August 25th, 1999. I tried a tampon on today. It feels so cool, especially when you pull it out. (laughs) I am so never going to wear a pad. They're too annoying. I haven't gotten my period yet. (laughs) And I'm glad. (laughs) I've masturbated. (laughs) I got all horny and feeling like I wanted sex and was feeling myself and then stuck my finger in. It sounds gross, but I even read in a puberty book that it's perfectly normal. And some people decide not to, but a lot of people do. And it's not bad. (laughs) I missed this writing for the whole summer. I went to camp. It was fun. I went to Lauren's party. We didn't do the plan. (laughs) First, me and Teresa went early. We did some stuff. Then some guys... Seamus and Curtis and Sarah Rabin came and we had a watermelon eating contest. (laughs) Then Mark came and we started walking in the field. Then all the girls walked back and the guys kept on going. All the girls got water balloons and when the guys came back, we had a water fight. After that, the guys walked around with no shirts on because their shirts were drying. We we jumped on the tramp, roasted hot dogs and marshmallows until it got dark. Then we played hide-and-go-seek until the parents came to pick up the guys. Then we went in the tent and played truth-dare until Sarah went home. Then me, Teresa, and Lauren compared breasts and stuff and had had a nice long talk about what was wrong with us. (laughs) Then we went out till the fire burned down. February 19th, 2000. Oh my God. Okay, listen. I'm no perv, but wow, I wish I had a dildo. (laughs) Okay, I have this thing like this. It's my secret fairy tales that opens up and it has Goldilocks and the three bears in it. I was making them have sex together and I got horny. Not too bad, only about F4. (laughs) Me, Lauren, and Teresa have stages of horniness from F1 to F6. (laughs) F1 is not at all. F2 is a little bit. All the way to F6, which is, man, I really want to have sex. Well, I had like F4, and I wanted to have sex, so I masturbated. It's not evil or perverted. (laughs) 
Besides, it wasn't my first time either. It was my fourth or fifth time. <laughs> but I stuck my finger up and it couldn't go up any further. So I wanted to find out how big it was inside. <laughs> and I took a pen and put it up. <laughs> it went in till there was barely any of it sticking out and then it couldn't. I could barely feel anything from inside. Then, since pens are skinny, I put another one in. It may sound gross, and I may sound like a perv, but I'm not, and it's perfectly normal for people to masturbate. <laughs> and, and besides, if it wasn't, why would they make dildos and vibrators? Thank you. Hi, this is Rachel. Um, if my younger self knew that I had read those journal entries aloud, I think she would have mixed feelings about it because the journal is covered with extra private, do not read, top secret, etc. But I think that I always wanted to be a little bit, you know, famous or I had these delusions of grandeur that my journal would be used in a movie or something like that of my life. Um, and if I could give myself, my younger self, some advice on healthy sexuality, I would say it is not evil or perverted. <laughs> um, and that it's also okay to ask questions and talk about it so you don't have to keep it all secret in your journal. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. When Josh was in grade 10, he found out that a girl named Steph had a crush on him. So he decided to ask her out in a letter. But he says what he wrote to her doesn't really sound like a love note. In fact, it reads more like a formal business letter. Dear staff, I was trying to think of the best way to go about doing this, and I figured I would write you a letter. It's much more personal than an email, but with our record of talking face-to-face, -face, I figured I would take this route. We both know what the other thinks, but we just haven't been able to bring ourselves to talk about it. Which is dumb, because we both know the outcome. Stupid if you think about it, but that's not the point. The past three months have been different, to say the least, and look where it's brought us. At this time last year, we barely spoke due to the simple fact that we never saw each other. <laughs> now we are extremely close, and I never want that to change. You are my closest friend, and I hope to keep it that way for a long time. I guess what I'm getting at is that I want to go to the next step above friendship. <laughs> I know you feel the same way, so I say, let's go for it. Will you go out with me? I await your response. Thank you. So, what was Steph's response? Well, after the show, Josh told me he and Steph ended up dating for six weeks, 
before they realized they were much better as friends. And in fact, they are still friends to this day. And the night that Josh read at Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids, Steph was there in the audience cheering him on. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Teams. Now there are more ways to be a team with Microsoft Teams. Bring everyone together in a new virtual room. Collaborate live, building ideas on the same page. And see more of your team on screen at once. Learn more at Microsoft.com Teams. I've been hosting live Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids events for years. And one thing I've learned is that a lot of kids give their journal or diary a name. And then they write to it almost as though it's a person. When Danielle was nine, she kept a journal, and she named it Smiles. All right, April 25th, 2002. Hi, Smiles. You are my new journal. You were born on the 25th of April, 2002. (laughs) Happy birthday. Here's a little bit about me. Name, Danielle Julia Klein, age nine. Hobby, creative writing. I have no crushes. Trust me. I almost had my period, but I ran out of the washroom. (laughs) December 2nd, 2002, 10.06 p.m. I'm listening to Craig David. I love this song. And then I wrote out the lyrics to uh, What's Your Flavor by Craig David. 10.07 p.m. Anyhow, I'm writing a book. It's called True Happiness. It's awesome. It's about this girl who suffers from a bad case of life. (laughs) I, for one, mostly love life, but not all the time. 10.10 p.m. Make a wish. You can't wish on 11.11 p.m. because it's the Holocaust. Note. (laughs) This is in all caps. I always must be a religious Jew. (laughs) That changed. Hi. I got a jean jacket. That's the only good thing that happened. Today was the Avril Lavigne concert. I, of course, didn't go. I'm practically crying. I'm so jealous of my friends. I shouldn't be. I'm never gonna go to a cool concert. No way. My friends are so lucky. I don't even care, sort of. Tomorrow at school, I'll just listen to the details and think of all the cons of the concert, if there were any. I'm so mad. My friends are rocking it out at the concert and I'm here listening to her CD. This sucks. I'm losing grip, like the Avril Lavigne song, Losing Grip. It's by Avril Lavigne. I've been studying for a test, so maybe I'll get a better mark. Still, Avril says that life is life in the song Complicated. She's so inspiring. She's so cool. She's my favorite singer. I'm just not a true friend like my pals. I feel like I'm missing something. One mistake Avril made was dropping out of school. Whatever, I'm still alive, barely. Thank you. There's a TV show on right now called Once Upon a Time. 
Now, if you've not seen it, it's kind of a fairy tale mashup show where a bunch of different characters from a bunch of different fairy tales all interact with one another. Now, in 1974, long before Once Upon a Time became a TV show, our next reader, Diane, she wrote her own fairy tale mashup. She was 13 at the time, and she called her story The Private Life of Prince Charming. And it picks up right where the story of Cinderella ends. And they lived happily ever after. But Prince Charming didn't know he was, what he was getting into when he married Cinderella. Because she was deprived of so many things when living with her ugly stepsisters, right after the honeymoon, she began demanding new dresses, more jewels, and refused to have the kid that Charming had always wanted. They had the pill back in those days, too. Charming got so fed up with Cinderella that he took away her glass slippers. This made Cinderella so mad that she went back to her fairy godmother. To cool off, Charming took a ride on his horse into the dense woods. Along the way, he saw a damsel in distress. Help, help, she cried. A wicked witch has locked me in the tower. Please get me out. Just grab my hair and climb up. Fearing that he might do damage to the hair, he yelled, Are you sure you want me to climb on your hair? Don't worry about it. I use every night shampoo with built-in conditioners. Okay, here, here I come. He climbed the, up the tower using her hair as ropes. He reached the top and jumped through the window. I'm Rapunzel Welch, said the girl with long, beautiful hair. Well, hello, said Charming. Are you alone? Yes, I'm alone. Do you want to have some fun before you leave? Depends on what you have in mind, sugar. Zap, whammo, bang, pow, poof. They're standing in front of the two would-be lovers with Cinderella's fairy godmother. Aha, she's cried. Cheating on your wife, huh? I'll teach you. Zap, whammo, bang, pow, poof. The prince had turned into a frog. <laughs> Wanting to get away from it all, he hopped out the window and landed in the bushes below. Then, being a frog, he hopped away to the nearest frog pond. A little princess was playing near the pond. Hey, little girl, would you kiss me for a quarter, croaked the frog prince. <laughs> sure, frog. And the little princess kissed the frog and Prince Charming changed back into his old self again. He jumped on his horse, which just happened to be nearby. <laughs> Thanks, kid, here's your quarter, and he rode off again. Having nowhere else to go, he decided to visit his friends, the seven dwarves. He found them in their garden, bending over a crystal clear coffin. Curious, Charming asked the nearest dwarf, Sneezy, how they got the coffin so clean. Oh, replied the dwarf, we use Windex with a pneumonia D to bring it all the sun in. <laughs> Fascinating! Who, who's dead? That, that's the girl Snow White. She bit a poisonous apple that her stepmother gave her, you know, the one with mirror mirror on the wall. Don't tell me you're interested in saving her. After you, after all, you're a married man. Not anymore, I'm not. 
According to law number 1310, if, if I get turned into a frog, I'm no longer married to Cinderella. Are you sure you want to get involved with Snow White, questioned the dwarf? As long as she isn't a blonde. Okay, okay, it's your life. Wait, wait, do, do you have any scope? give her a good impression the, the first time off. Okay, here goes. Smack, right on the kisser. Snow White opened her eyes to the, hap, to the happy prince. The first thing she said was, did you just kiss me? Yes, I did, said the prince. What do you think? You masher, male chauvinist pig. Who do you think you are? I'll have you know I never make out on the first date. Now get lost. I want to get married to Dopey. Better luck next time, Prince. So off he went again. This time he decided to visit his mistress, the Sleeping Beauty. He hadn't seen her since he had gotten married to Cinderella. Once he got to her castle, he found out she was pregnant by him. And since, and since Prince Charming's are never bachelors for long, he married Sleeping Beauty, got a son, and lived happily ever after. But, thank you. That was very, very nicely done, Diane, but I have to say, the product placement was not subtle. <laughs> Our next reader, Deanna, kept a journal from grades four to six. And at our Toronto show, she shared a few entries that cover a wide range of topics. Her family, her aspirations in life, and her love of dance. Live on stage, here's Deanna, starting with a journal entry about her parents. My mom is very intelligent. She always knows the answer. She has blonde hair and blue eyes. I think she's great. My dad, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. Nothing exiting is happening this week, so I'm not writing a lot. I swallowed something. That's about it. This is February 22nd, 1988. I like to pretend I am a famous dancer. I turn on the radio, and I put on an outfit, and I start to dance. I do it every day for half hour. (laughs) Then I have to go eat dinner. I hate that. (laughs) Then after dinner, I go back and dance. (laughs) Then my teacher wrote, you are a good dancer. And I responded, I know I am. (laughs) 
I am having a slumber party next Friday. My grandma and grandpa are coming. <laughs> April 20th, 1988. When I fly a kite, I get really bored. I hate flying a kite. My brother loves it. My brother is dumb. I think that flying a kite is the dumbest thing. And if I did fly a kite, I would make it go up really high. I sometimes feel like flying a kite, but not a lot. In the future, I would like to be a nurse, working with babies after they are born. I would like to be able to get married to a rich man. But I don't think it will happen. If I do get married, I would like to become a parent. I would like to be a mother of about two or three kids. I would also like to help out needy people and help make the world a better place for my children. It would be nice to be able to continue with my dance and singing. But if that is too much, then I will have to give it up. Thank you. Did you end up marrying a rich man? Yeah. That is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. Our show was recorded live at the Transac in Toronto and produced by Jenna Meisner. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. Olivia Nashmi is our intern. We just announced live Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids events in Toronto and Ottawa with more to come in the next few weeks. If you want to be the first to hear about upcoming live events, join our email newsletter. You can sign up at the website, grownups read things they wrote as kids.com. Or even easier, use the link in the show notes on your device right now. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening.